0: It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors, Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and
1: Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies.
0: Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. With me, just so happens, two of my favorite CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory.
2: Thank you. And uh, this is Kevin. I'm the first favorite. (laughs) And uh, so what are the, the, the the 10 best decisions you've made in your life? And we're going to spend some time pondering that question today. And then we want to apply it to finances. This is a show about financial planning. So we're going to talk about that in the context of your finances and financial planning. And then we're going to take it up a notch. So we've got that and we're answering questions from fans of the show all on this coming hour of wise money
0: and we're gonna we're gonna pull it out of you kevin you sound a little quiet there a little more quiet than normal well yeah i'm i'm i am an introvert so (laughs) i i think uh and
2: i think your favorite cfp number two wanted to say something but uh he didn't get let's
0: let's get into it hey if you have any questions if you have any questions for the program (laughs) we'd love to hear from you if you have any needs as well we're here our team's here to help you so and call or text us 574-222-2000 that's 574 222 2000. Online wisemoneyshow.com. And you can submit questions there. But to be honest, most engagement comes through social media. Find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you're at. We are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. Follow us there. All right. So uh, speaking of social media, one of our all star CFPs, Ben DeBach, was listening to podcasts. You know, we just, you constantly, the financial world is, is always changing. And Humans uniquely are uniquely positioned to be able to think about their thinking, and so we're always listening to podcasts and other, you know, reading other, uh, uh, you know, books from other folks and all that sort of stuff. And ben DeBock listened to a podcast by what was it? Tim Ferriss Tim, interviewing Chip Wilson. Ch- Chip Wilson of Lululemon of lululemon right he called it (laughs) lululemon we've all been saying it wrong and and you know it's interesting so so that podcast was just jam-packed with good insights and things to think about but something kevin that stuck to your ribs was something that chip said he just sort of casually like it was his his casual social conversation his go-to question when he was just you know being a social butterfly
2: yeah, and that question is, what are the, 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 the 10 best decisions you've made in your lifetime? And when I heard that, I thought, what a, what a fascinating uh, question. I don't know about you, but um, I, I love to connect with people and communicate with people. And when you're out doing that, people will ask you questions about uh, yourself. Um, when you're hanging with the family, they will tell you all about themselves And so I like the the part where you think, okay, because at one one time I heard uh, uh, one of my coaches in the strategic coach program said, your your goal is not to be an interesting person. Mm -hmm. It's to be an interested person. That's great. And I thought, oh, okay, well, how would I be an interested person? Um, Because actually the interested people are – Fairly interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you, you asked the question, well, what are the 10 best decisions that I've made in my life? And so as I got um, thinking about that and was contemplative, I thought, OK, what are the what would the 10 best financial decisions mm-hmm. be? Um, and I, the the blessing that I've had in doing this for 27, 28 happy anniversary mm-hmm. years is Twenty-seven uh, is uh, that I've been able to observe and see some people make incredible, great financial decisions. I've seen some people make horrible financial decisions. But the truth is, most people have made at least three horrible decisions.
0: I have. Yep. Right. It, we all have. Oh, easily. And if you've
2: uh, and and that's why I'd say be thankful if you've only made three three real bummers, right? So, uh, but not focusing on that. Focus on what what are the what are the best ones you've made. And it's hard because you say, well, do I separate out my financial life from my life? Certainly if you're at, at a, a party, you're, um, you know, if you're at Brandon Williamson's birthday party, you're not going to be talking about the 10 best financial things you've done, right? You're just
1: talking about your your other life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what a perfect question to get people talking and to hear some pretty amazing stories. Because, yeah, you, you think about we get to peer into people's financial lives all the time as financial advisors This is one of my favorite things about being an advisor Mm -hmm. is you get to hear their stories and really they're laying out really the 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 sum total of all the financial decisions that they've ever made in their lifetime and it has certain results and sometimes people come in and they have some regrets and other times you know there there's some real progress that they've been able to make and I, I feel like we get to learn from every single client that we work with mm-hmm. right? because we're we're hearing what again what has gone well for them um, you know what do they wish that they would have done differently so just the the simple fact that we get to have a front row seat into other people's lives means um, I, I don't know. I can say confidently there are a lot of amazing stories out there if you just ask people to share.
0: So here's what we're going to ask you to do. Uh, spend a little contemplative time this Saturday, today. Carve out a little bit of time as you're uh, after you're listening, after you're watching, and think about this. Do some introspection. What are the top 10 decisions that you've made in your life? If you're trying to live intentionally, as we all are, you wouldn't be listening to this show if you weren't trying to make some progress in, in certain areas of your life. And so what are the, take an inventory of the top 10 decisions you've made in your life. And then as you make that list, I, I'd encourage, if you're married, I'd I'd talk to your spouse about it as well and have some mutual sharing. And then, but, but you can take it even further. And, and we kind of want to do that today, apply it to finances. But let me, let me, let me take it further. Will you make a decision this year that will make it into your top 10? I love that. Yeah. And then you could even take this question about top 10 in your life and break it down to top 10 in a year, in a given year. And it's halfway through the year, we're in July of of 2021, and I don't know when you're listening to this, but that's when we're recording it, that's when it's it's live airing. Um, It's not a natural time to create goals, but it could be a natural time to tune into them. And you're halfway through the year and tune in and say, well what's what's a what's a great decision what's a big crucial decision that's on the horizon for me and how do i make a great decision so this would become one of my best ones for this year as i reflect on it
1: that's awesome you know you have me thinking about um boy it's been a long time since we've talked about the major transitions that people go through in life Um, kind of stages of life where you go from being a student to now you're starting your working career or you're going from being single to married or married, um, with, with adding children to the, the yeah. mix, that sort of thing into retirement would be another one. So there there's often these major crossroads that you come to. And, and often those are major decision points that you want to get right. Those are kind of the macro level, high level types of decisions, but there's also the little ones that we make every single day as well. And sometimes the decision to put a very intentional habit in place or a pattern of decisions can have an even bigger impact on on the life results that you enjoy, um, even than taking the right fork in the road, going the right direction when you're you're facing a big choice like that. So uh, all of this is just, it's about decision making and that's what financial planning is all about, isn't it? It's yeah. having a context for making wise choices. So my son,
0: my middle child, Kuiper, is really into dinosaurs. I don't know why. He's 26. No, I'm just kidding. He's, <laughs> he's nine years old, really into dinosaurs, loves Jurassic World. And we're, you know, my, Cindy and I are always saying, buddy, you got to read, you know, make sure you're reading, make sure you're developing your thinking, your mind. And I, I told him, Michael Creighton, Created my love affair with reading because of the Jurassic Park book. I loved oh. that book, and I read everything Michael Crichton for a while. And now, like, what a great decision! And how it's compounded. And you probably, as you think about the things that have shaped your life, you probably have decisions like that. But here in this conversation, we want to turn it to finances. That's what we're going to do: ten top ten financial decisions that and more come up on the Wise Money Show with Corehorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What are the top 10 financial decisions you've ever made in your life? And are you going to make one this year that will, that will make it into your top 10? We're going to give you some samples, some examples, some suggestions right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn. And Josh Gregory, if you've missed anything so far, want to catch up on previous episodes, everything's on podcast, wherever you listen, search the Wise Money Show, follow us there. subscribe to it and rate the show. We appreciate that there. That helps other people find us, gives us feedback as well. So we're talking about the top 10 decisions you've made in your life. And we are encouraging you to take some inventory of that and then do some thinking, some intentional kind of proactive thinking of, what are some of the big decisions coming up on the horizon that you need to get right so that they can be in your top ten? Now let's turn that to finances. Okay, if you need some examples, or gosh, I mean, we practice what we preach. We eat our own cooking. You know, we've made mistakes. No one's perfect financially, certainly. Um, you know, with with other decisions too. But um, what are some potential top
1: ten decisions someone could make in their life? Well, so I know my wife is listening, so you know where I'm going to start. She's going to say. <laughs> Who you marry It is a really important decision that you make. And and you might say, well, you know, how's that financial? Um, or that's not one that's in front of me. I already made that decision in the past. But the, the reality is this is. One of the most important relationships that you're going to have in a lifetime, if you if you do get married, and it's more than just someone who shares the same worldview as you or the same parenting style, uh, the, the same thermostat management decisions. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, know thankfully it,
0: they're making these cars these days where you don't have to make that choice. I suppose a, you know what they're even making, they're even making beds that way too. Where, you know, one person can have a firm side of their bed, the other yeah, can... Yeah, that's right. You know. See, it's
1: saving marriages. Yeah, yeah. No, you know what? Um, finances, it's either going to be a source of conflict in your relationship, or it could be a source of intimacy, actually. If you are on the same page with your spouse, life is just so much easier. It's so much better. And, um, you know, maybe that's not where you're at right now, but it could be. I really do believe, and we've watched this happen, where yeah. spouses begin to have healthy conversations about money, yes. and they start to see each other's values. They they respect each other's values, and they find a game plan that can incorporate each other's values. That makes all the difference in the world. But you, you think about you, your own philosophy on: Are we going to be a two-income family or one? Mm-hmm. That is different depending on who you're, you're married to and, and how they grew up. What's your approach to spending going to be? What's your philosophy on debt and borrowing and things like that? Where are you going to live? Um, you, you know, you, when you get married, you're no longer making decisions for yourself. You're no longer making decisions by yourself. And so the, the question is, who, who is it that you are partnered with? And do you have the same eyes and views on money? If you do... It could be a pretty amazing relationship and a very smooth path um, for your financial life. Or at least when you hit bumps in the road, you know, you know you're in it together. Yeah. yeah. And this is not necessarily a,
2: a show on relationship advice. And so if you're listening and you hear Josh and you're realizing you made a horrible mistake. Like this was not one of my top 10 decisions. It's my top 10 worst decisions. So here's what I would tell you. Come, go see a, a financial planner. Make sure they're certified. Um, again, I, I, I keep referring back to some folks that we just met with. And we were the fourth, we're the fourth folks uh, th- that they had met with to see who's going to get to help them with their financial life. And at the end, I, I said, well, do you have any questions or um, anything? And he said, well, I can tell you this. You guys are different than the other 3
1: Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Yeah.
2: And um, it's because it's there, there there are a lot of reasons, but I would tell you to go and 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 invest the time to find the person that can help you and you might have to talk to four yeah, but find the one that's different than the other three mm-hmm. because the right person, if you're stuck, so here's what happens in my humble opinion. I know this isn't a show about relationships or marriage, but this is what I've observed. If you, early on in your marriage, you say, I love this person I just married, and I want to have fun and good times with this person. So you have fun together and good times, and then money comes up, and you find yourself uh, fighting or arguing or disagreeing, and... A lot of us are kind of wired to be like, well, I don't, that's not what
0: I want. That's I, not fun or a good time. Yeah, it's not
2: fun. It's not a good time. I, I don't want to argue. I didn't get married to fight with someone. So, um, so what happens is you you just kind of put it um, off to the side, shelf it, and ignore it. Yep. Mm-hmm. and that is actually the wrong thing. And I and I've met with folks who've been married for thirty or forty years that are still stuck financially. Sure. As far as how do they interact? And so I would tell you a. a the right financial planner is number one. They're certified, but number two, they understand the internal finance piece, and they've worked through um, p- removing thorns from lots of different lion's paws, and and getting people to say, "Hey, it doesn't have to hurt. It doesn't have to be hard. Like we can make this where you are a winner." And I'm telling you, I've seen it where the the you know the husband gets to the end of his career, the wife. Um, didn't work outside the home the whole time, and he's got a two million dollar 401k to roll out, and we have the paperwork for his IRA, and she's like, "Well, where's mine?" And you're like, "Well, it's his. It it's a, it's a 401k, which is an IRA, which is it's individual, so it's his." And she's like, "No, it's half mine." I'm like, "Well, it is, but it's all in his name." And 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 um, I've seen sparks fly. Yeah, wow. Um, just from a just a basic misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. So it's so it is, it, there is a lot, a lot, a lot. If you want to get the intimacy part right, you have to get the finances right.
1: You're exactly right. And the right certified financial planner, as you said is one who's advocating for your marriage, for your whole family, thinking multi-generational. This is, this is about coming up with a game plan that helps you achieve together what you, you really wouldn't be able to on your own and certainly wouldn't be able to if you were separated. Because I, I
2: heard a long time ago a very wise man said the cheapest car you're ever going to drive is the one you're driving now. Mm-hmm. And I I think the cheapest wife you're ever going to be married <laughs> oh, to or the cheapest, or cheapest husband, husband, husband is the one you're married to right now. Because financially, financial isn't a reason to stay married, but I can tell you this, it's incredibly financially detrimental to not stay married.
0: What about the financial decision of when to start saving? You know, yes. if I, it, Kevin, I'm assuming it was you who just said, start saving 15% from your first paycheck. It was like- You know, I was uh, dumb enough to believe it Mm -hmm. and have, you know, (laughs) (laughs) read, right, (laughs) (laughs) read, right. Because if I'm too smart, then I'm going to argue with that. Well, maybe it should be 14 and a half or maybe I shouldn't do that until after this or whatever. Right. And I was just, okay. I'll do that. That's exactly what he sounded like (laughs) 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 earlier. And so but but when when to start saving and and then what you do with that savings has to be one of one of the top 10 and listen listen you are hearing the voices of people who have made huge financial mistakes i have yep. too like i have and so i don't want you if you're thinking oh yeah i i wish i had started sooner trust me that is the number one comment mentioned in our offices by i mean that's the
1: that's one of the biggest like regrets of people i wish i started sooner that's exactly right and starting early is not just a mathematical reason you know we can we can show you how the compounding growth over a longer period of time it really adds up but it also by by saving early on and choosing to live off less than what you earn you're kind of putting in place a governor over your spending so that you don't let your lifestyle um, just get dictated by your your whims. You're deciding ahead of time how much we're going to live off of, how much we're going to accumulate for the future. Lots of
0: other examples and hopefully some that challenge your thinking and, and allow you some encouragement to do your own introspection. So that more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. So the, the top, what are the top 10 financial decisions of your life? But let me just turn that on its head. When do you tend to make those decisions? Ah, you might be surprised by the answer. We're talking about it right now. This is The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of The Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out, as well as a lot of other content, next Y step videos and other things. So go to YouTube, search The Wise Money Show, subscribe to it there and turn on notifications so you're made aware every time we drop new content we're talking about the top 10 decisions that you make in your life and uh this show about finance and relationships right guys (laughs) i'm just kidding we talked a decent amount about relationships the last segment about who you marry yeah it has financial implications in fact i would argue i would argue even spiritual decisions, which I think would have to be the number one most important finance, most important decision each person makes in their life, right for sure um, mm-hmm. but but these, the, the taking inventory of your biggest decisions, each of them would have a financial component to them. So we're talking about financial examples, but then I also want to talk about guys, mix it in whenever it, it happens when when in your life your biggest financial decisions most important occur. So I think the book the, the first book that we write will be about the seven
2: transitions. and each of the seven transitions, you probably could come up with the top 10 decisions that you would make it with related to each of those seven. But I think there's there's a ton of decisions that are going to get made. It depends on it depends on the individual, but between there's a 10 year time frame between 12 to 22 or 15 to 25. Or 18 to 28, depending on your maturity level. And are you a quick starter, or are you a slow starter? Or how do you do you ever get started, or how does that work? <laughs> but I think, it really, I if if I had to overgeneralize, your your the decision, the financial decisions are really in the form of a dumbbell, uh, because there's a there's a big group of them on the early end, and then as you get closer to retirement, and do I draw Social Security, and how do I draw my pension, and how do I invest my investment assets all that there's a dumbbell on the other end sure right in the so let's call
0: that the 55 to 65 so this is the thing if you were to ask me what my preference would be i or even what i just my snap judgment would have been well you probably make your your best decisions or most important decisions when you're old and wise right but but how the world works how it was designed is Around the law, the harvest, and so you've got to make really important decisions, great decisions early. And Kevin, as you and I were talking about this before the show, it's sort of like, well, much of the rest of your life, you're living out in response to those early decisions. Yes. So I
2: think you're talking about this, this, this wise. And once I get old and wise, then I'll make great decisions. So the the quality and the actual wisdom that goes into the decisions that you make when you're older yes you might make higher quality decisions but there are some really super basic decisions that if you make those early on you you buy yourself an incredible breadth to make mistakes not that you're shooting for that but but really (laughs)
0: sometimes you might wonder
1: well
2: I know you might look and say what is is he trying to do that (laughs) but 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 really I mean if you said hey I'm gonna save 15 Sense of every dollar I ever make in my lifetime, you're. I can. It's. And we can't use the G word, but I can almost guarantee that you're not going to have financial issues. Yeah. And if you do, you're going to have resources to allocate to those issues.
1: That's why early on, you don't have to have as much wisdom as later on in life. Maybe the the consequences aren't quite as big. The dollar amounts aren't quite as large or anything. You have to have enough wisdom to choose who are you going to take your advice from. Mm -hmm. Because early on, you are making some big decisions that are setting your life on a certain trajectory, Mm -hmm. right? Or it's laying a certain foundation that you're going to build upon for the rest of your working career, the rest of your marriage, all of that. And uh, to me, being able to humble yourself enough to ask other people for their perspective on a decision that... You know, you may be a young adult and excited to make your own choices in life, right? Finally, you know, I don't have someone else telling me what to do. And here, here we are suggesting that maybe your first act should be to kind of surrender some of these decisions to the scrutiny of people who do already have the wisdom, who have already walked this path, and may be able to help you forecast, if I make these decisions, here are the consequences that I'm likely to, to enjoy or suffer from, e- either one. And so t- to me, of course, you know, we could talk about getting a certified financial planner in your life early on. It could be, um, you know, finding those wise individuals that you admire and you look at the, the, the sum of all their decisions in life and you like the destination it's taken them to. Can, can you just build a relationship with those types of people enough that you can ask them for their perspective and, and their advice? Your life will be better because of it, simply because your decisions are going to be better. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it is interesting when you when um, I'm thinking of uh, some some folks I know and and uh, I've asked people, even children in their orb, like, okay, what are your financial goals? And they're like, well, oh, I want to have money like dad. And mm-hmm. I think, oh, that's interesting, because really, what they really want is the time freedom that dad has, and the and the ability to do really cool things. That's what they want. That's the that's the. The effect, I mean, you have this 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 money thing. So, I when I go, when I think, all right, what are, what what are some of the best decisions? It's getting my brain to work, and sometimes I my brain needs to not work. So, for instance, again, say fifteen percent. I want to argue that. Don't argue it. Just say fifteen percent. My employer's putting in four percent for me. Good. Then you're saving nineteen percent. Mm-hmm. Go. You, you no no one's ever upset they save too much money. I think one of the best decisions, and you have to just say, look, this is what we're going to do, is if you get married, live on one income. Only ever live on one income, period. And you say, well, what do we do with the other income? And I say, well, it's goal achievement. What what does that mean? Well, I'm like, well, here's what I know. If I've got two incomes, I, I better not do anything with the second income until all the debt's gone. And so I want to be animalistic in my approach to paying off debt. And so there, again, with all of these great transitions or phases of life, you do want wisdom to say, what, what would a wise person do at this juncture of their life? Because that's where that's that's the vision of my life that I want to. I want. I want to be in.
1: Those are fun people to kind of peer into their life. Those that made that choice that you just described of we're going to live off of one income and you know to to live off one income but maybe have two coming into the the family. It allows you to be generous with the other, and that could be generous to the future self. You, you know your mm-hmm. own uh, retired version of you. Yeah. It could be your family, like future generations. Could be. Um, organizations and missions that you care about and you want to support. But the, the point is is that you've put an intentional constraint on what your lifestyle is so that you have money to make choices with. Mm-hmm. And, and that's such a powerful thing and that, that's really what this is all about. It's uh, the decisions you make that free up other decisions that you get to make, other choices that you get to make. That compounding effect, that is that is powerful and it is fun to watch in other people's lives And uh, I I can just tell you, I I don't know, I I hope that that's what you're kind of setting yourself up to do in your own life because it really, really is rewarding.
0: You know, one of the catch-22s with that, Josh, I completely agree, and and that is the, the decision to budget and do a three bank account system, right? It has a reputation or a, a rap of being limiting and restricting, but no, it is actually liberating. And, and if you make that decision to start that habit and start that practice, it will have a compounding impact on your life. And again, I would look at my own financial life and say, yeah, the nerdiness in me to build a budget and stick to it and do the three bank account system, m- maybe that might be the top financial decision that Cindy and I have made together. Take some time and think about doing inventory, not just on your finances, but your life, because your financial plan and CFP should help liberate your finances so you can live the life that you're called to live. All right, we've got more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group.
1: This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate
0: Studies. Thanks for being with us today. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Big thank you to Auto Owners for sponsoring this segment of the Wise Money Show. Gosh, thank you so much, Auto Owners Insurance. And we're going to stick with the theme instead of transitioning to listener questions. We're going to stick with the theme of what are the top ten uh, decisions that you make in your life, and I want to I want to focus in on on the six areas of your financial life and specifically talk about protection planning. Um, and and some of the insurance decisions that you can make. And then we can kind of broaden it to some of the other areas as well. But guys, if we're sticking with this theme of top 10 decisions or top 10 financial decisions that you can make in your life, if we narrow in on each of the six areas and and isolate protection planning, one area, what are some of the decisions that someone can make, some of the top best decisions someone can make?
1: I I feel like this is an area of your financial life where – a really great decision could have monster impact on other people's lives. And unfortunately, that sometimes becomes true in the case of a tragedy. You know, we, we've all had clients who have lost a spouse or lost a loved one, and um, we, we've seen enough different scenarios where sometimes a surviving spouse is left behind with more than enough to get them through financially. The, the rest of their life. So they're still grieving. There's still tragedy involved potentially, but at least financially, there's not a ton of stress and worry. But we've also seen other scenarios where maybe the decision was not made to have things like life insurance in place and that same tragedy strikes. And now there's financial hardship in its wake. Yep. And so, you know, we, we, again, if this is some of the observations we've made, um, I got to say, it's been convicting to me at times to say, you know what, I'm hopeful that all the financial planning that Andrea and I get to do together, we get to see it all play out together in the end. But if there's only one of us to see the end of the story, I want to make sure that that story is painted as well as possible. And so a simple decision like putting life insurance in place while you're young and healthy and... Um, you know, not spending too much on insurance, but spending the right amount on insurance and having the right structure. It will make all the difference in the world if something happens along the way to take you from plan A to all of a sudden we're on plan B here.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, so, okay. So I'm still recovering from the appointment that I did earlier. And I asked the question because there are six areas of financial planning and one of the areas is protection planning. So I said, well, how have you made your, your insurance purchase decisions and he said oh it's based solely on price and I said okay it's, it's interesting when you talk to people who have um who have accumulated a ton of money have great habits and, and and have amazing things going on and they really actually don't buy the cheapest anything you wouldn't you wouldn't go to their they, they don't live in the cheapest house they don't drive the cheapest car they don't eat the cheapest food I mean they're 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 Nothing in their entire orb says cheapest, except what am I going to use to protect everything that I have? Hmm. That's where I want the cheapest. And I think, oh now that in in defense of that thinking, some folks think, well, it's all the same yeah, right now, if it's all the same and it's an absolute commodity, then cheapest would be best. It's just not. And so I look at this and I I, go back and you know we've told these stories over and over and over again but I go back to the two clients that had 100 300 coverage that improved their coverage to 500, 500 with a million dollar umbrella so they went from a hundred thousand uh, dollars
1: to 1.5 million dollars of coverage we're talking car insurance if they got in an accident mm-hmm. what kind of lawsuit protection do they have here so this is liability protection you're yep. referring to
2: so they would tell you that one of the top ten decisions both of them, one of the top 10 decisions they made was getting their home and auto insurance liability limits correct hmm. um now there we've helped we've helped thousands of households do that most of them don't say that and <laughs> and and they're not going to until after the fact and the reality is the top 10 financial decisions that you've ever made in your life might not be you might not have perfect clarity on those until the very end of your life That's or right. even, even until you're gone and they'll look back and say man can you believe great great grandpa mike bernard uh, you know <laughs> bought shares in this baseball team and uh, <laughs> yeah. or, or, or or whatever it is so so it's interesting because when you look at insurance i mean a lot of times people are like ah just give me the cheapest like i'm going to save money i paid too much money for my insurance i looked i looked at a 3 million dollar umbrella was it, and I think it was twelve or fifteen hundred bucks. But I'm like, man, for that that amount of protection, that's nothing. Mm-hmm. And if you've got if you've got three times that in assets, you should be looking at that.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, it's tricky because um, I don't know why my brain is just filled with so much garbage. But when <laughs> I, what there's a there was a commercial of. Of a guy getting a tattoo that said no regrets, but the person actually spelled it no regerts <laughs> and, and it was a tattoo. I don't know why I get so much like <laughs> enjoyment out of that. That was quite entertaining to me. But, I, but you, when you're thinking about the positive, you, you're thinking about what are the 10 best decisions that you've made, financial decisions. But yet I would, I would probably within my top 10 would be at least thus far my approach to managing financial risk. Because I I have a little more peace of mind because of the transfer of that of the risk, you know, paying the insurance premium um, gives me great peace of mind. That thankfully I haven't I haven't had to overcome lots of challenges. I know I will, um, and and health concerns and whatnot. I, I know I will, but um, but you know, I, but still I would call that one of the best. Financial decisions I've made because of the peace, peace of mind that it affords uh, affords me, and so I, you know. On the flip side of that, though, speaking of no regrets, oftentimes, when it comes to insurance, people think of the regrets. And and we I've got some in my family, of where something happened, and someone didn't transfer that risk and now they are bearing the brunt of it. And so I guess I would, I would, what is it? You've got the, uh, the, the, what's the phrase, you've got the pain of discipline or the pain of regret you choose or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, you know, which, which one would you, would you want? And I would, I would tell you, I I would sincerely that the choice to have peace of mind because of the risk that we've transferred is one of the top 10 financial decisions that we've made.
1: Uh, you're, you're exactly right. But kind of the sister to that, another um, form of financial peace in a lot of people's lives is to maintain an adequate emergency fund. Mm. A, a lot of people just live too close to the edge. There, There's not that much distance between their life and financial crisis, and it wouldn't take a whole lot to jostle them or send them into a spiral of some sort. And so having a, a, a good budget in place that we talked about earlier, a, a good emergency fund, that allows you to manage your risks um, more effectively. Yeah. So we can look at things like, well, h- how much deductible should you have on your car insurance or your homeowner's insurance? Um, if you did get into a fender bender and you had to pay the first thousand dollars out of your pocket, is that, is that a hardship to you? And when you set aside intentional dollars for the rainy day or for the emergency, it allows you to get more creative in the other decision-making that you do uh, around insurance. But all of it together, it is an intentional game plan for sleeping, night, sleeping tight at night, as, as yeah. we often say, right? Okay, so what
0: are some of the other examples of top 10 financial decisions that one could make in their life?
1: You know, I I look back at my own financial life, and um, this—so many of the the great financial decisions I've made have come directly because of the advice of other people. And this one uh, is one that I credit Kevin for. Uh, But he challenged me early on to get aggressive on student loans that I had coming out of out of college and uh, we, we wanted to have those paid off before we started having kids. We were contemplating graduate school for Andrea, and we just wanted, wanted the undergraduate stuff behind us. And uh, you know, Kevin, he, he gave an aggressive goal to wipe it out in about a year and a half's time, and it was, it was a lot of student loans. Like, it was gonna be a major sacrifice. But what that did is it, it forced us to live on a budget, it forced us to set a goal and to watch progress for it, but it also, it resulted in me not wanting to have debt again because I felt the pain of getting out of debt. And establishing early on those types of habits or building your philosophy early on, that's stuff that will carry, carry with you long into the future. And, um, you, you know, it's, it's hard for people, it's harder for people to get into financial struggle if they don't have as much debt in their, in their life. Debt does represent risk. Sometimes it's a tool, but uh, often it's misused. And uh, early on, uh, the, the result of Kevin's advice was, I just, I didn't want to have to do this again. I don't want to have to run these miles again now that I'm out of debt. Yeah, I think one of the top decision, financial
2: decisions you can make in your life is to work through the pain. Like life is hard, it's all uphill. So, do not look for a shortcut. Do not look for an easy out. Grind your way through the pain, and you will have the kind of resolve that you have, Josh, because it takes your. It makes you no longer fragile. Because the other thing that that lets you do yeah. is say, "Hey, you know what? If I ever have to buckle down, if things ever get tight or hard financially, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I can handle it. Mm-hmm. It's it's not going to wreck me." Yeah.
0: I th- you ever talk to someone who's been through some, some you know, the the some hard knocks yeah. financially, yeah. and they've they're on the other side of it, yeah. but they also are like, I'm not afraid to go. I've done that before. It doesn't really phase me. Yep. Yep. I I love that attitude. That anti fragile attitude. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, what about? when to retire. I had an individual send me an email saying, hey, I think I'm going to retire a year sooner. I just want to make sure that's not a bad decision. And I updated their financial plan. And I said, hey, congratulations, that can work. Obviously, working a year longer um, would be a little more advantageous, but you can get it done. And she emailed me back and said, wait, what do you mean it would be more advantageous to work an extra year? And it's, well, you get to pay in Social Security an extra year, your Social Security gets to grow an extra year, get to pay down debt an extra year, get your assets to grow a little bit for an extra year. And so even just the one-year move can make a big difference, right? So when when to retire, that seems like an obvious one.
2: One year can make a disproportionately huge
0: difference in your financial life. exactly right. We didn't hit, you know, a, a full list of 10. And that was intentional. Didn't want to feed you our own list. Just give you some examples, get you working, get you thinking, hopefully talking to your spouse if you're married and talking to your certified financial planner. What are the top 10 decisions you've made financially in your life? And what are the most important financial decisions on the horizon that you need to get right? That's all the time we have for today on behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at KFG. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group